Hello, 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 and yes, welcome to Mediva. Yes, it's the 411 man, the one you've been waiting for on all things tech. With the glorious, dulcet, velvet tones of Mike Delgadio. <laughs> I'm a bit excited. Yes, we have the booth junkie today, and if you want to know what a dynamic mic does compared with a condenser mic or a USB mic, or if you want to know how to make the most amazing home setup, you get some great tips in here. Listen on, Medievarites, Medievaroos, Medievaras. Enjoy! Hello, groovy people of the world. Amongst other legendary, helpful things said, record something amazing is the super inspiring positive message from all that my latest Mediva guest, this gorgeous and currently bearded super VA shares with the world. I am delighted and almost certainly far too excited to welcome the hugely talented voice actor and presenter and more, Mike Delgadio to Mediva. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's such a good, such a good time to be here. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank this you. This is Groovy, and, and you're, you go by many other names as a voice actor, but uh, some folks might also know you as the fantastic booth junkie too. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very exciting to to welcome you here to to talk all things tech today. Really, I think it's about time we got someone on who really knew what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I hope I can. I hope I can. I hope I can live up to yes, that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think it's the opposite passion as well for just sharing good practice that I share with you. And I I think I personally have used your videos as well to just help inform me about certain decisions that I've made for my tech. So thank you personally as well for for putting your fabulous content out there, because I know it probably takes quite a lot of your time. It does. It does. But I really enjoy it. It's uh, it's very rewarding. When I first started the channel, there were things that I was looking for that I couldn't find mm-hmm. that as, as I was looking to become a voice actor, yeah. um, a more uh, proficient uh, and prolific voice actor. Uh-huh. And so I thought I would do whatever I could to pay for it to the next uh-huh. person so they could help find the information that I was looking that for. That is an absolute legendary thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, so <laughs> what are your roots into this fun time game gig? What, how did you get into audio world? And, and the million dollar question, how can folks have fun with their voice and still afford a monthly shop and extra wine and biscuits? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I started, uh, I came to the game pretty pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did a little... Uh, you know, radio in college and and so forth. And I thought I was going to be like, my original goal was like, I want to be a radio DJ. I want to be a morning uh-huh. DJ or something like that. And I got to sit in on a couple of uh, radio station things. And I knew I'd have to start from the ground up. And I went and sat um, with some folks who were doing radio at night. And it looked incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> after <laughs> It didn't seem nearly as glamorous as I thought it did when I sat on radio. So I ended up, you know, going to college, getting a, getting a degree and going into the business world. And always in the back of my mind. I've always sort of uh, been interested in doing voice work. Yeah. I, you know, a hundred years ago, I, I did a, a a little bit of a podcast mostly for myself uh-huh. that I'll never say the name <gasps> of. No one will ever find it, I hope. Um, and uh, I, I'd always heard, you know, people always said, you know, you've got a, you've got a voice, you've got a radio voice, you do radio. Uh-huh. I, I've heard that pretty much it, since I was in gorgeous. high school. It's gorgeous. You've got a bit. <laughs> it works. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks. And so I had, uh, several years ago, I had moved to a new town in a new state. I didn't know anybody. And one of the things I, I like to do is I'm one of these like, uh, you know, constant learners. Uh-huh. I was always taking classes yeah. and it's a good way to, to meet people, interact with people that you might not otherwise mm-hmm. meet. So I, I had gone to this local uh, university and I was going to take like a photography class or something like that to meet to meet other mm-hmm. people. And it turns out that there was a class that was called the uh, the art and business of voiceover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that sounds like fun. 
I get to go pretend to be a voice actor for a little while. Uh, I'll try that. So I took the I took the class, and on the very first night, you know, they they had us get in front of the microphone, and they, it was a big Pro Tools rig, and we came out, and I got to hear ourselves on those those great big studio monitors, and I was like, wait a minute, that's what I sound like? That's me? I love this job. I love it. I want to do this. Uh, this was, and I like instantly. It, it was kismet right at that very moment. I just fell in love with it, and I went. I went hard into that class. I practiced every night. I went out and got myself like a, a blue snowball Good starter. and, and uh, just practiced. I recorded every single night, every, you know, they gave us homework and I practiced and practiced yeah. and practiced and practiced. And over the course of the, the, the 12 weeks, we got to learn a lot about the business and so forth. And we had a mentor, you know, someone who mentors people, they, they came in a, a working pro uh-huh. voice actor. And uh, me and that person, we hit it off fantastically. She started to coach me and we were working in a studio getting ready to, to you know, cut my first demo. And um, it so happened that she was friends with her agent. Her agent came in and he started listening to me on the mm-hmm. on the microphone, said, what's your name? Would you like to be would you like to be signed? And so like I went from never being in front of a microphone to signed with with an agent in like 16 That's weeks. Brilliant. Um, and, you know. It was it was fun. I wasn't great, you know. I still super 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 right. green, uh, but I was really driven. Well, really yeah, driven. the diligence is there. It sounds like you're really yeah driven, and I think that's key, isn't it? Especially with the flooded market that we have right now, is to have it is. that it is. motivation. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a red ocean. What's nice about it? It's a, one time a red ocean, right? There's a lot of sharks all trying to to vie for uh-huh. jobs, but on the on the other side of it, there's a lot of jobs out yeah. there. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like one person can take all the jobs. There's no one perfect voice. Your voice, my voice, everybody's voice is different. Yeah. So even though there's a million sharks in the water, there's still room for your voice. Yeah. Whatever your voice is, there's somebody that you don't sound yeah. like. Nobody else sounds just like you. And so even, that's why I like that's why I like the business yeah. is you, there's there's always room for another voice actor. Uh, it's, it's cool. Brilliant right? advice. And I think, yeah, and it, it's about also embracing how you sound as well, isn't it? Which yeah. takes, I think it yeah, took yeah. me about three and a half years <laughs> to actually just not cringe every time <laughs> yourself. Back. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the, that's what I think is one of the great things about the, the way the industry itself has evolved mm. is so much voice work is we want you to sound like sure. you. We don't want you to sound like the movie trailer mm. guy. Yes. Or yeah. the big announcer guy. You don't have to sound like Don Pardo or, or whoever. You don't have to put on that announcer voice anymore. You just get to sound like you, yes. which means there's a spot for you in this business. Oh, yes. No matter who you are or what you sound like, if you're dedicated to get good in front of the microphone mm-hmm. and sound like you and sound naturally like you with somebody else's words, then... There's work for you. There's work for you, no matter what. Yeah, authenticity is key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super. <Absolutely. laughs> Brilliant. I mean, Absolutely. yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think, obviously, as voice actors, there are certain tools that we need to kind of find the best fit for our individual authentic voices. Sure. Um, and I wonder if we could first just have a little look at the, the vast and wondrous world of microphones. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people have started to ask me questions. I do uh, voice acting courses for beginner voice actors. And essentially, they're like, what what mic do I get? What What is even these different types of mics? So I wonder if we could just break those elements down a little bit and, and give some idea. So if we can start perhaps with dynamic mic. Uh, and just talk sure. about what, what that is, what it does, and, and what potential spaces or voices it might fit, perhaps, budgets. Or yeah, a- absolutely. 
So what I find is a lot of times people, uh, when they're new, when they're trying to make a choice of a microphone, I think it helps to know a little bit about like what a microphone is. How does it actually physically work? Because sometimes that can, by having a basic understanding of just the sort of the basic mechanics Mm -hmm. of it, um, can help make you make a more informed decision. Mm -hmm. So let's, if you'll grant me five minutes for a sidebar, let's talk about like how, let's make a mic in our brain. Okay, let's do this. Let's just, uh, we're going to, we're going to create a mental model of, of how these two different kinds of microphones Mm -hmm. work. There's the, the very popular dynamic mic and there's a condenser Mm -hmm. mic and the, they work, they have a similar principle, but the way they achieve that principle is different. So let's sort of clear, clear our brain. And if you think about, if you start with, let's start with a magnet in the shape of a donut. Matter of fact, let's take Mm, a donut donut. shaped magnet in our head. Can do that. Okay. And that the hole in that donut should be big enough to hold like a, uh, you know, a toilet paper roll. So if you think about the hole that big now around that toilet paper roll, take a thin wire that's really, really long. And I want you to leave one end hanging off and coil a wire around that toilet paper roll, I don't know, hundred times, and then leave the other hand, leave an end that dangles Mm -hmm. off. So you've got a toilet paper roll with a coil of wire around it and two ends that hang off. And that toilet paper roll should just fit inside the magnet so that it fits in, doesn't touch it, but just fits inside of it. You with me so far? Try not to eat the donut. If we have that, and on one end of the toilet paper roll, we glue a paper plate. Right onto the end, there's a paper plate glued onto Uh that. If you think about what that looks like in your head, that might look something like a loudspeaker. If you think about that paper plate, it moves in and out, sort of like a loudspeaker that you might have, you know, next to your TV or in your car that moves back and forth. And if we were to take the two ends of that wire and stick it into the back of our stereo and play some music, that paper plate, believe it or not, would move back and forth because the electricity that comes from the, the, uh, the, the, stereo system, it energizes that coil and makes that coil want to jump out of the, 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 the magnet a little bit, creates what they call a motor. And as that voltage changes, the paper plate will move depending on how much voltage comes out of the stereo speaker and it's going to move that paper plate back and forth. And you've created a loudspeaker. Well, what's cool about that is what they figured out is it turns around. If you push on the paper plate, if you move the paper plate back and forth, and you somehow could magically hook up some magical device to the other end of the wires, you would actually see that some electricity Mm -hmm. comes out. It's crazy. (laughs) There's no electricity involved, and yet there's just a coil of wire inside a magnet. But when you move it back and forth, there's electricity on the other end. Tiny, 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 tiny amounts of electricity, but there's electricity in it, and you can measure it. And the, the more you move that paper plate, you push that paper plate in and out, the more voltage will be there. The harder you push on that paper plate, the more voltage that's going to come out the other side. And I just say voltage because you can measure it, right? There's a a, a measurable number of pixies that (laughs) that come out the other end. Now, the harder you push on that paper plate, it's going to come up against the magnet and that's as far as it can go. Let's call that, it's 100%. You push any harder, nothing's going to happen. If you if you're yelling, if you're trying to move that paper plate with the sound of your voice, if you can yell loud enough till that paper plate hits the magnet, that's what they call a clip. It stops. It can't move any farther. Even though you're still yelling, it can't move any farther. You're pushing up against it. It's yes. clipped. So there's a there's a range between the paper plate hasn't moved and the paper plate goes all the way to the mm-hmm. magnet. Call it between zero and 100%. And as that as we 
talk and we yell at that paper plate, that paper plate's going to vibrate, it's going to move the coil, and our magic device at the other end is going to measure how much that paper plate moves by how much voltage is created. And we've created a dynamic microphone, <laughs> right? So that's actually, that's all it, it's all it is. It's a, a little paper, a paper plate, for lack of a better <laughs> word, that moves a coil. That movement of the coil is actually measurable. Yeah. In a range between zero and a hundred percent. Superb! What a very clear and and strangely visible <laughs> explanation. <laughs> Wonderful! Thank you. And and I. So and you're these welcome. Are directional, aren't they? In in many ways, in as much as you generally have to point them towards the source of sound uh, to That's capture correct. Yeah. It, so it at its best. Yes. That's right. So what they, you know, th through a little bit more physics and a little bit more design around the way that paper plate vibrates. And um, if you have two paper plates vibrating, they can they can cancel each other out. They can become more and more directional. Mm -hmm. So there are some microphones that no matter where you stand around it, it will hear you with equal effectiveness. Yeah. And there are some microphone designs that you have to be standing in a certain location, mm -hmm. maybe right in front of it. Maybe just either directly in front or directly behind, but not to the side. There's different patterns that they figured out by the setting up of the of the arrangement of paper plates to vibrate that it can be directional. Yes, superb. So now, if we think about that, so uh, let's just take a, just an, an ever so slightly longer detail because this will be probably become germane with other questions that we mm -hmm. have when people when we talk about interfaces mm -hmm. and so forth. Yes, um, the that distance of the, the movement of the paper plate, we, we can measure that with a ruler, a little magic device. Let's just think of it as a ruler and it's going to have a, how much is that paper plate moved? Mm -hmm. And if our ruler is precise enough, maybe our ruler has a hundred increments. So we can say it's moved to the 50% mark or the 75% mark or the hundred yeah. percent mark. In electronics, we can actually measure that in what they call like a number of bits. But yeah. let's say under normal circumstances, we can measure that. We have a ruler that's got 65,000 marks on mm. it between zero and 100%, 65,000 marks. And we can measure how far that paper plate has moved. That 65,000 is what they call the bit depth. Yep. So that's 65,000 is two to the power of 16. We've got 65,000 different increments. Mm. And that's when people say, do I need to record at 16 bits? That just means that our, our ruler has 65,000 measurements mm -hmm. on it for every time we take a measurement. Yes. If we need it to be more precise than that, we can say, if I use 24 bits of information, then my ruler has 16 million mm -hmm. increments right. on it. Mm -hmm. So that's when people ask about, like, what is your bit depth? Should I record it at 16 bits or 24 bits? That's just how precise should that ruler be measuring how far that paper plate has moved? Uh, That's all it is. Superb. Thank you. And then the other side of that is, well, okay, how many times in a second should we should we look at our ruler? Mm. And under normal circumstances, if you, if you look at it 44,100 times in a second and you take that measurement, 44,000 times in a second. That is your sample rate. How many times do you look at that ruler every second? That's your sample mm -hmm. rate. So when people say, I need a 16-bit, 44,100 hertz sample rate. Now, you know, I'm just looking at a ruler 44,000 times and my ruler's got 65,000 increments yes. on it. 
And that's how we convert our microphone signal into a digital Ta-da! signal. This is it. We can we can all go to bed now. We've learned something beautifully new, right? <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah. Right. Right. The most decent explanation I've had. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so that's mm. and so that's the the dynamic microphone. Now, as you can imagine, a dynamic microphone. Think of something as heavy as a paper plate with a coil of wire attached to mm. it. It's that that's got some weight to move Mm. that's kind of hard to Mm. move so with a dynamic microphone they expect you to be really close to it because it needs a lot of energy from your voice to move that heavy paper plate back and Uh forth and so sounds that are at the other end of the house they're not going to have as much strength to move that paper plate back and forth so one of the nice things about a dynamic microphone is They tend to not hear distant outside sounds quite so well. Mm. The trade-off for that is the paper plate is heavy. So the really fine details in your voice, the really just minuscule, just that little extra something in your Mm. voice, it's harder to move that paper plate. So the really really gentle harmonics and the the extra detail in your voice. Beauty, yes. The dynamic Mm. microphone doesn't pick Mm. that up quite as well. If you're on stage and you're just trying to overpower the sound of the guitars and Mm. the crowd, dynamic microphone might be great. If you're in a room and you're trying to capture Yo-Yo Ma on his Stradivarius Mm -hmm. cello, you might... You might not want to give up that detail. Oh, to be given the chance to record it. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that could be, you know, your voice. If you're reading an audiobook, Mm. you're singing, you're trying to capture every aspect of your voice. There's another style of microphone that instead of using something as heavy as a paper plate, it uses something as slightly different and it uses something as thin as saran wrap cling wrap think of how much lighter saran wrap is than a paper plate so if you could do a similar kind of measurement just by how much a piece of saran wrap stretched really tight that's going to move much more gently and through a little bit of machinations that's what we would call a condenser mic if you look at a condenser Mm. mic that's actually a piece of ultra ultra thin plastic that's painted gold and the that movement is it takes a lot less energy to move that. So a condenser microphone can hear every last little micro nuance of oh, your voice. And your tummy. <laughs> but the trade-off mm-hmm. is it's going to hear somebody who shuts the bathroom door three oh, houses man. over. Not far from two miles away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. It can hear, it can hear everything. So you've got a trade-off. You've got a, a dynamic microphone that um, can be more forgiving in an environment where there might be outside yep. noises, or you have a condenser microphone that can be ultra, ultra sensitive and crystal clear. Mm. There's a space. There's a space for both. Super. Absolutely, a space yes. for both. And a lot of times, if your if your space might have some of that background noise. Um, if there might be some distant noise, you might want to consider a dynamic microphone because they'll be more forgiving. It's a little bit harder for those distant mm-hmm. sounds to end up in your recording yes. as opposed to a condenser microphone. And so those are the kinds of choices that you would that mm-hmm. you would make. There's there's different there's both dynamics and condensers in all price yeah. points. 
So you think about how you might want to trade those things yeah. off. And this is the thing. I think it's the range of mics that are available is, is quite, quite overwhelming. <laughs> and I think, you know, watching <laughs> your videos does help to a certain extent. I will definitely say that. And there are other resources like mm. uh, the podcasthost.com as well, who've got a, a good range of, of comparisons for you to have a little look at. And I think asking friends who might have perhaps a, a, a resonance, perhaps similar to yours, or uh, and or mm. the the setup at home <laughs> that is you know conducive to, to the same that you can can provide for your own voice work uh, might be also worth asking about. I mean, where would you send people to to also do a bit of research to find the best mic for them? Well, you know, it is it can be it can be somewhat yeah. challenging <laughs> because you want to hear yourself on that yeah. microphone. So certainly if you know anybody else that has a microphone that would let you go and talk on it or borrow it, anything like that, that is certainly something that you yeah. could do. What I'll say is for the very beginner, generally any mic say over $90 yeah. is going to capture your sound well. Mm -hmm. It gets to the point where as you uh, as you want to work more and you want to get ever a pursue an ever better or clearer sound or more appropriate sound yeah. for you, that's when you might choose other microphones. Uh -huh. But generally speaking, if you've got $100, $120 to spend on a microphone, it's hard to make an awful choice. <laughs> There's, yeah. It's very rare that a microphone is going to be like, oh my God, you're talking into, it's like you're talking into a garbage can. Right. That's, that's pretty rare. But if you go with many of the name brand microphones, whether it's Audio-Technica or Blue or any of those, they're going to capture your voice and it's going to sound like you. Yeah. I mean, the, mm. I think some of the, some of the things to think about is, is the microphone is one aspect of the whole chain. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So mm. uh, if you have a microphone, it needs to get converted into the digital signal yep. that your computer understands, mm -hmm. which may be included in the microphone, if it's a USB-style microphone, yeah. or it may require another piece of equipment, um, we'd call it an interface, that converts that microphone signal into a digital signal. Yeah. And you know, so all of a sudden there's there's other pieces of the of the puzzle that you need to that you need to yeah, buy. Yeah, budget for. Hmm. And again, there are there are trade-offs yeah. there. Um, you might have, you might have a, a budget of, you know, say $200 in total. If you spent it on a USB microphone, that's fine. You'd get a really, you'd get a nice USB microphone mm -hmm. at that point. But at some point you may say, oh boy, I really wish I could upgrade my microphone or I wish I could get this other feature that's present in yeah. an interface. The difficulty with a USB microphone is the microphone in most cases you can't use a USB microphone with an upgraded, say, an uh -huh. interface. So suddenly you're faced with, you may have obsoleted yourself out of uh, the microphone uh, with the USB. There are, there are a couple of, couple of three microphones that are both USB and the other kind, which we'd call an XLR mm -hmm. microphone that can plug into a, yeah. an interface. Uh, but generally speaking, if you're buying a USB microphone, it's got all of the components in it. It's got the microphone and all the electronic guts it needs to convert yes. that signal. And if you want to upgrade either half of those, you kind of have to throw the whole kit out and buy a whole yeah. new kit. One of the drawbacks of the USB. Yeah, I, 
I think that's true. And, and I, I guess we've, we've said a little about dynamic and, and condenser. Could you just explain a little what USB means? I, mean, I think it's it's key for me when I'm talking to my students. It's yeah. like I, I talk about, you know, if I'm, if I'm working on a job, I might be screaming one second and whispering the next. So to be able to alter my gain on my interfaces is hugely for useful sure. and convenient. <laughs> Whereas for sure. with most USB mics, you, you can't potentially it, it, yeah, be so it, flexible, it's, right? It's much so, yeah, more I wonder if you could just fill us in with um with the a little bit of finer detail with with that perhaps yeah yeah sure so um if we go back to the if we go back to the the the, the paper plate microphone that we designed in our head and we have that little magic device that measures the voltage that comes out of it let's yeah. say um that is there's there's two aspects once once those wires connect from the microphone that we created in our head those two wires that we left hanging out they connect to something first as you can imagine the movement of that paper plate creates just the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest amount of electricity. Mm -hmm. So in order to make that signal usable for anything, we have to do something called pre-amplify yeah. it. We have to make that signal louder. So the microphone will have to be pre-amplified so that the rest of the equipment, whatever the rest of the equipment is down the line, your computer or whatever happens next, can, can turn it into a usable yeah. signal. And then we have to take that louder signal and we have to convert it into the ones and zeros that the computer can understand so we can actually get that sound onto yes. disk. And so if you have a USB microphone, generally all of that stuff, all of the guts, the preamplifier and the converter that converts the analog signal to the digital mm -hmm. signal, that's all inside the body of the microphone. It's not upgradable. You just plug a USB cable from the microphone into the USB port on your computer and many times you're good to go, but it's all built in there. They're not separable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there'll be a knob that's a gain knob that allows you to adjust how loud that signal yeah. is, how sensitive the microphone is. And other times there's not. It's just as loud it is and you might have the slider, you know, in the Windows tray down there in the corner that allows you to adjust how sensitive that microphone is. That's very, you know, it's somewhat imprecise. Many times those components are the cheapest ones that the manufacturer can get away right. with they do they do the job adequately mm. but not great mm. <laughs> other times if in the more professional type environment you would have a microphone that does its job and you would have an interface that has a really high quality preamplifier in it and the high quality circuitry that converts that signal from analog to digital yes. And it may also have a, a nice headphone amplifier so that you can plug headphones into it and actually hear with clarity and truth what, what you're actually recording. Yeah. And it might play it back. So the USB microphone might have all those things in there. The thing we know about USB microphones just from being around and, and doing price uh, comparisons with all this stuff is many times the USB microphone with all of the guts in mm. it can cost less than just the microphone that's just the microphone. Yes. Yeah. Which means by just by the very definition, just thinking about it for one second, you realize, well, then they must be using the cheapest microphone they can. They must mm -hmm. be using the cheapest preamplifier they can mm -hmm. and the cheapest converters they can because somehow they're squeezing all of that stuff into what, other microphones, it's cost less than just the microphone itself. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times the microphones, the, the USB microphones, they, they may not work efficiently. They may introduce noise, hum, 
distortion just because they're oftentimes they're cheap componentry okay. that are they're altering your signal in ways that you you may not like yeah. may not sound beneficial you may not be able to fix because it's got a, a hum a whistle a click uh, anything it's not telling the truth for what you're what you sound yeah, like. Yeah, that's really interesting. To, and you can only find that out once you plugged it in, right? <laughs> uh. Yeah, you you often don't know. I mean, sometimes, luckily, you know, in the world of YouTube, there's a lot of people who, um, chances are, if you're shopping for a microphone, somebody else has at least made a video about mm. it and maybe will let you hear it. And sometimes they'll point out, like I know if I've got a USB microphone that's got a hum, I'll point that out and say, look, there's a there's a hum in this microphone that you need to be at least aware of. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily mean don't buy the microphone, but you need to at least be aware that those hums or hiss or whatever is, is in yeah. there. Yes. I mean, in post-production, a lot of things can be taken out, but some things when you do that will destroy your beautiful resonance and so many other things. So, yeah, if you cannot have the hum to begin with and use something else, that is probably more conducive. Uh, <laughs> For sure. For yeah, sure. I mean, with regards to interfaces, I wonder if there's any a few that you could share that you think are like worth a delve into research-wise for people. Are there things that you personally use and can can recommend? Sure. Sure. The the brand, and I'm not represented by them. I I I don't get anything from this company, but the the um, the interfaces that have always worked best for me. Mm-hmm. For ease of use, for durability, for price point, weighing all those things together. Um, the brand I buy is Audient, A-U-D-I-E-N-T. Uh, yeah. And they've got a range uh, of different different devices, ranging from like, uh, I think about $199 yeah. up to, you know, several thousand dollars. Mm. <laughs> What's nice about them, uh, why I tend to gravitate towards Audient is they've been extremely reliable for me and they don't... In my experience, they don't introduce any unwanted noise. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, you may have experienced this, but one one thing that, um, as you can imagine, when the when that vanishingly small signal comes out of the microphone and you need to pre-amplify oh. it, that is not an easy job. But, yeah, and <laughs> if your if your pre-amplifier is is not made to whatever the right tolerances doesn't have the right componentry whatever it can sometimes introduce its own noise and it's very common that when you turn a preamplifier the gain knob up that you will hear an underlying just a sound that just exists underneath the underneath the sound and that's oftentimes the micro uh, the the preamplifier itself introducing noise my experience is from the least expensive to the most expensive of the audience line that's why I like them is because they don't introduce that noise. You can turn the preamplifier up to 100% and it doesn't introduce any new Amazing. noise. Mm. The microphone may have its own noise. There may be other sources of noise, but the, the audience don't. Yes. They're not the only one that are like that. There are certainly others that are of high quality. I think Mark of the Unicorn, Motu, MOTU, they're yes. good ones. Apollo yep. and Universal Audio, they all make you know really good ones at varying price points. What I've liked about Audient is I've worked with their least expensive to, I I don't know, their most expensive, I'll say. The most expensive that I've been able to come across. I have the entire, I've I've ended up over the course of time acquiring the entire range. And what's nice is their preamplifiers, they're essentially all the same type of um, circuitry inside. So from their cheapest, I have the $129 preamplifier and I've got the $2,000 preamplifier. Mm -hmm. 
And they both perform very, very similarly. Yeah. yeah. In, in, with an, at least from a noise perspective. So they're very clean. They don't make me sound different than what I do. So I, I've liked audience. You ask, you ask 10 voice actors, they're all going to give you different different. Yeah, answers. and they're absolutely, and I, I will be asking more folks for sure. It's great to just get what works for people, right? Yeah. And we can all have a delve and see what works for us. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've had to get a fat head actually just for my my condenser. Sure. And that was after doing a little little delve through, through your videos actually. You did a cloud lifter fat head comparison, right. uh, which were the things I was looking at. And I, I've gone with the Fethead in the end after also talking to Zachary Fortescom, who who produces the orphans is an, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I don't know if you can explain what those two things might do if you can add those into the chain just to yeah. help get a groovier sound. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so again, we'll go back to that paper. We'll go back to that paper plate microphone mm-hmm. that we had. We said before that that paper plate microphone, that paper plate with the, the toilet paper roll and the coil of wire, it's heavy. Relative compared to other microphones, that thing is heavy. And so the signal, the the signal that we're using with our little magic measurement tool at the end of the wires, it, it is so infinitesimally small, that amount of voltage that comes out of it, that oftentimes when you connect those two wires into your interface, the preamplifier just can't make that signal loud enough because the signal it's receiving, it's like, well, I can, I can make it 40 louder Mm -hmm. or 60 louder, whatever that is, pick a unit in audio. We call it uh, decibels, but I can only make it, I can take whatever signal you're giving me and make it 50 louder. Well, if your signal is, is only like 0.0001 and you add 50 to it, it's still only 0.00050. It's tiny. So what some companies figured out is if they stick um, another gadget in between your microphone and your interface and you feed it with a little electricity, it has one job and it can take that signal and it's optimized and it says, okay, I'm going to make it 25 louder. Mm-hmm. Whatever those units are, it's going to take that signal and I'm going to make it, I'm just going to take that signal and I'm going to multiply it by 25. Yeah. It's going to be 25 louder. So now when your preamplifier receives that signal, instead of it being 0.00001, it's now Mm 0.0025. It's got a much better signal, a cleaner, louder signal, so the amplifier can do its job better. You mentioned that you have a fed head. It's a little device, not too much bigger than your thumb, that goes in between the microphone and you 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 flip a switch on your interface and all of a sudden your dynamic microphone is louder nice the cloud lifter is another um it's about the size of i don't know can of soda it's rectangular it's a cube but if you think about something maybe the size of a can of mm. soda can of red bull something like that it's a device that just goes in line you plug a wire into either each end it receives a little bit of electricity from your interface and it boosts that signal up it's got one job and that's just to make that that louder so that when your preamplifier gets it it doesn't have to work so hard to make that signal louder yeah. because it's receiving a much nicer louder signal yeah. And there are different brands. Uh, the Fedhead, the Triton Fedhead that you have, yeah. is excellent. Yeah, I love it. The Cloud Lifter is excellent. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's a number of them out there. You, the the term a lot of times they'll be called mic activators. Uh-huh. They activate cool. that mic. I'm excited to have a mic activator. This is sounds <laughs> even groovier. Now it's important to note they generally those will generally only work with the with the dynamic style microphones mm-hmm. because that paper plate 
is heavy to move. The other kind of microphone, the condenser microphone, that's got that super thin saran wrap, that's already got plenty of signal because it doesn't have to move that much to create the voltage. It's only those dynamic microphones. Mm -hmm. And somebody's going to say, there are other kinds. Yes, there are other kinds. But generally, you would use that um, those those devices, those activators with the dynamic style microphones. They're not needed for the condenser yes. microphones. Depending on your home setup, I think, as well as the other crazy world that we could delve into and spend hours talking about, I'm sure. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I mean, regards to other things that are useful for, for voice actors, how important do you think in your recording day are headphone quality? There's, yeah, so I'm, I, I have a philosophy about headphones. Mm. And there's a, there's a couple of things that uh, when you're making headphone choices that uh, I, I've, I've said before that there are two pairs of headphones that yeah. you need. There's headphones that are used when you're standing in front of the microphone. Mm -hmm. And there are headphones that you use when you're listening to what you recorded. Yeah. And they have slightly different sets of requirements. Mm -hmm. The headphones that you're using when in front of the microphone, a lot of times you're hearing yourself in your headphones, or you might be playing your, yourself back in or listening to a music bed or listening to a director yeah. in your headphones. And so those headphones, when you're standing in front of the microphone, their number one job is to make sure that what's happening inside the headphones is not heard by the microphone. Sure. Remember, mm. you've got this extremely sensitive thing five inches away. Yeah. So their first job is to keep the sound in. So they will be closed back is what they're called, and they will form a tight seal. They may also be um, what they call in-ear monitors. Mm -hmm. So if you think of like a, like AirPod Pros, I got the little rubber tip yep. on them that go into your ear canal and prevent any sound from coming out. That, that's also a, a valid option in front of the microphone. Yeah. But your headphones need to not let the sound out and they need to be comfortable. Mm. You need to be able to wear them for a long yes. time. So for me, they, for me, they need to go all the way around my ear. I don't want the headphones to physically touch my ear. Because if there's a pressure point on my ear and I've been wearing my headphones for three hours, I don't want them yeah, to hurt. Yeah, it gives you a headache, eh? It can, can, can it cause can you all you sorts of problems. Make your ears hurt. You don't want sweaty ears, do you, really? I know. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> don't want that. And so you want. So for me, you notice I haven't mentioned how they sound at all. When I'm standing in front of the microphone, I just need to hear myself. But it doesn't need to be with necessarily with absolute clarity or fidelity. For me, it needs to keep the sound in and it has to be comfortable. Hmm. On the flip side, when I'm listening to what I recorded, I need to listen and be able to hear if there's a click or a pop or some mouth noise or if I did something wrong or if there's a background noise or if there's a, somebody who slammed the bedroom, the bathroom door two houses over and I, I can hear that in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I want headphones that are very detailed and clear and high fidelity mm. and still comfortable, of course. But for when I'm listening back, I need them to be the highest fidelity that I can. Yeah. Sometimes those two sets of, you know, logical headphones that we, that we have in our brain, sometimes that's one piece of equipment. Mm. That could certainly be one physical yeah. piece of equipment, mm. or it could be two different pieces of equipment. For me, I have the, the headphones that I listen to in the, in the booth, and I have headphones I listen to when I record. It's two, yeah. two physically different uh, pieces of equipment. But that's what I look mm -hmm. for is one is noise sealing seals that keeps the noise in and comfortable 
and the other ones are high fidelity. And I think Audio-Technica folks have talked about uh, those headphones a lot. There's quite a few uh, people who have, have, again, as you mentioned earlier, put out YouTube comparison videos. And again, the podcast host, I think, is a great place to also start, as well as obviously the Brief Junkies themselves. And and what I've found over time is, is... you know, many different brands have many different shapes and sometimes you need to, if you can, you either watch YouTube videos to see like how they're shaped yeah. or listen to how people describe them. And that may help you gauge your comfort level. Right. Um, for me with the shape of my ear, the two brands that have fit me best have been um, Sennheiser and Bayer Dynamic. Okay. What I find is the Audio Technicas just by their shape, they, 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 make my ear hurt the actual physical but that's just my the physical shape of my Uh ear there are uh, just as many other people say gosh i can only use audio technicas or i can only use focals or whatever it is because they fit their ears best so those i'm wearing buyer dynamics now because that's what works best for me as i sit i've got my in-ears in right now (laughs) yeah Yeah. Ruby. and again you know it is about you doing that research for you i think it's not a one-size-fits-all thing and also aesthetics you know you want something to look nice you find something looks nice you're going for economy and and things that work or a workhorse that you know you're going to be able to utilize you look for that yeah Yeah. so you know i I think aesthetics are something that you can't you can't discount Mm. because the better you feel Uh, yeah I think psychologically, the better you feel, the better this you can perform is something that I've noticed. So if yeah. you feel cool, you feel confident and comfortable yeah. with your equipment, and that can often help you yeah. with your performance. If you're like, oh, I can't hear what I'm saying, or these, God, these headphones are so uncomfortable, that can affect your performance. It, can, it can take you out true. of whatever character you're yeah. trying to inhabit or whatever it is. So. Getting getting stuff that you're comfortable with and 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 really thinking about the equipment, yeah, and getting to to make yourself comfortable. That's that's always that's always important. That's why I'm recording now in my my leather cat suit. I don't know about you. You got yours on too? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> my footy pajamas. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Come on, Everton. Um, and <laughs> I guess there are so many other things. But are there any other essential bits of equipment that you think folks should delve into to buying and making sure is part of their home recording setup? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there's it's it's a deep subject. Mm. There's there's a lot to talk about. But one of the things that um, we haven't we haven't into, talked about, and there's certainly plenty of information out there, is if if I had a budget, l- let's pick a, num- a number. If I had a budget of a thousand dollars in whatever your currency is uh, to start my business, and I'm going to make an investment to start my business in voiceover, uh-huh. I'm going to spend the first seven or eight hundred of that dollars of that of that first allotment of money on the best space yeah. i can be in yes because the better your space is is the less time you have to spend trying to overcome oh, yeah those deficiencies you must boldly so, go into space people <laughs> <laughs> that's right this that's right key. so you know getting a good quiet place to record mm. that's full of soft stuff that is not going to reflect your voice back into the microphone in an unwanted way with reverb or echo yes. That's really much more important. I, I've I've long said that I can I can make a, a an eighty dollar microphone sound fantastic <laughs> in a good room, yeah. but I can't make a three thousand dollar microphone sound great 
in a junky room. Mm, yeah. Because those those really super expensive microns, they're just going to make they're going to make your bad room sound even worse yeah. because they're so extraordinarily sensitive. Yeah. That it's just not going to help you. So the the really the place to spend is is in your room. Mm. I mean, I must say as well, just your videos that you've provided that you've got, you know, how to make some foam boards to, to stick around yeah. a place. You've shown what it's like yeah. to, to record facing into a closet, facing your beautiful yeah. array of clothes. I mean, it's really, <laughs> there's some fantastic videos. The portable home, like the half foam booths yeah. that you can get. You know, there's so many videos there to have a little look at yeah. to see, you know, what, what Mike's thought about them and what might work for you. So, yeah, right. I, I think that... Well, you know, one of the things, one of the things I did... Um, back before the world went into lockdown mm. is I used to travel a, a fair bit and you know, and I always bring a microphone with me because yeah. I never knew if a client was going to ask me to um, yeah. audition or something yeah, like give that. Give this in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and so what I would do is every time I went to a hotel room, I would try and figure out how to make a booth with only the stuff that was available to me in a hotel room, often <laughs> awesome. pretty sparse yeah. and often not really the best, um, the best uh, acoustic mm-hmm. setup. Quite sparse, aren't they? Uh, mm-hmm. Hotels are often not designed for acoustics. They're designed to to, yes. to sleep. And so I, I created a, a whole playlist on my YouTube. I tried to document a whole bunch of all these different situations uh, that was just called, you know, improvised vocal booths mm-hmm. and trying to demonstrate like, okay, I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on a booth. What could I do with the stuff that's on hand with my couch cushions, with my pillows, yes. with my blankets, with my you know, my closet with, that's got clothes in it. Yeah. What can I do? And I've got a whole uh, playlist of all just me trying to figure that yeah. out in all of these different situations to try and inspire folks. It says, look, you, need, you don't need to go spend $3,000 for a professional vocal booth, <laughs> at least not in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We buy those things so that we have a good standard, comfortable environment for those of us who are doing it professionally and have to spend our days in that room. We want to be comfortable. Yeah. But if you're doing this to get started, to practice, to learn, then you absolutely can create a, a worthwhile vocal booth if you at least have, you know, 10 square feet and a bunch of soft things like pillows, blankets, couch cushions, anything like that. You generally can experiment in yes. this one. Or lovely big men in lovely fluffy jumpers. I haven't tried that one yet, but it is a gentle <laughs> fantasy. Uh <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, that and, and things like, you know, the pop filter, which will stop uh, yep. potentially those popping peas. Yep. I know there are other ways around yeah, that, but sure. I think that's also key. So ad- adding things to your your whole kit can, you know, take place over time. You don't have to get everything at once. I think as long as you've got that treated space and that's optimum for your your budget time and whoever else lives with you in your, your house, because <laughs> um, that's yeah. consideration too. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, but yeah I think you, you've got, you know, you set yourself up to, yep. to, to good ways to, to start. So, yeah. And, you know, the thing, the, the advice I've always given to people at the beginning is, is, is yeah, this stuff, like, you know, I, I'm surrounded now with, you know, several thousand dollars worth of stuff, but it didn't start that way. Sure. I started out with the $70 microphone and my comforters. Yeah. Just like, you know, m- many other people did. And I slowly yeah. built it up. I practiced. I tried to make that thing sound as good as I could. But every time I won a gig, every time I made a little bit of money, mm. I committed to taking just a little tiny percentage of all of those things and put it into a fund that would help me take the next step when it was Mm. time to take the next step. 
if you if you get into a sort of a, a rigorous habit of saying, okay, well, I'm going to take 5% of every gig, whether it's a $10 gig or a $1,000 gig or a $10,000 gig, I'm going to take a percentage of it. I'm going to just throw yes. it in a coffee can over to mm -hmm. the side so that when it comes time to move up to the next microphone, it doesn't hurt quite so bad because you've been yes. investing your money, even into a coffee can, you've been investing and saving towards that next, whatever that next thing I is, microphone, that. interface, room, yeah. whatever. Step up each time. I love that very much. And there is nothing more delicious than putting that money into that new whatever it For might sure. be that's from money you've earned From sure. using your voice, yeah. is there? Because, you know, you're authentically, you're like, okay, I'm proving that this is worthwhile. People are paying me. Yeah. And now you, you yeah. start to build things. And a lot of times you're, you're investing in things to make the job easier so that you can get a better performance yeah. or you can work more rapidly or you can fix problems more, you know, more yeah. quickly so you can become more proficient. Because as a professional, part of it's not just about your acting. Yeah. It's about your ability to make this your job, earn money from it, work quickly, work proficiently, work consistently, mm -hmm. make it so your customers, your clients know what they're going to get, know that you can deliver it reliably. And those are where these tools help you standardize and optimize your work. Yeah. As a professional, you're mm -hmm. just like any other business. You have to make your business work yeah. as efficiently as it can. Yeah. And this is it. And that starts with starting at source, doesn't it, really? Making the what is happening when your voice goes into whatever technical equipment it is is doing, uh, going into, that it, it the is line. the best it can possibly be. That will save you yeah. hours yeah. of post-production time uh, sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. And, I mean, uh, other than your good self, obviously, are there any places or people you can recommend that people uh, kind of have a, have a look at or courses they can do to get a little bit more tech savvy? Uh, and mic proficient <laughs> you know there's there's uh, youtube is chock full yeah. and there's so many good resources out there mm. and that's one of the things that's why i like being part of the youtube community is is what's nice about that is those folks are w w there may be a number of other people that do the same thing as me but we all have a different take and we all have yeah. a different interpretation and it's a good way to learn how other people use equipment so it, you know it could be you know, if you're looking for microphone reviewers, it could be somebody like Obscure Mics. It could be Podcastage. They both do tons and tons and tons of microphone reviews. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to become more proficient with your DAW, mm -hmm. there may be somebody who's in your DAW community. The one I prefer to use is a DAW called Reaper. Yeah. And there's uh, John Tidy with the Reaper blog or Kenny Joyo with Reaper Mania mm -hmm. that are just unbelievable, unbelievable resources yeah. for... Uh, for becoming better voice actors. And that's, you know, any niche that you can think of. I'm learning how to uh, edit videos with DaVinci Resolve. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, Bill Justice and uh, Casey Ferris that that show me and, and JRTV that show me how to use DaVinci Resolve. Anything, no matter what piece of equipment you're searching for and optimized for, chances are there's some channel that's either dedicated to that piece of software or whatever to help you learn about it. So yeah, there's ones that are that that I pay attention to that mm -hmm. are that are germane to, to my business, mm -hmm. um, and certainly Reaper Blog and Reaper Mania are two invaluable resources. Super. Well, I, I have to say as well, there's a chap called Daryl Nobles who wants to say 
Uh, they've watched your videos and tell him thanks. He's helped in my Reaper education, still learning. So, you know, oh, great. there's lots of thanks uh, out there for you for all that you do. So, um, you know, it's it, those you. are the DAW is such an important tool, oh, whichever one you decide, mm. whether you're Pro Tools or Adobe Audition or Ableton or Reaper or whatever it is, yep. those tools, they are so incredibly featured deep yes that i'm lost in the middle of mine right now i'm trying to i'm i'm gently very gently learning reaper so yes it is a deep dark hole of fun yeah i mean and now for me i mean you know i i I equate it to like learning how to touch type if you want to become a a proficient typer you learn how to you learn how to touch type and there's a steep learning curve to get there but once you're there it's so much more freeing glorious yeah and Mm. you can be more proficient if you learn how to, for lack of a better analogy, touch type your DAW so that so that you, you invest the time up front to learn how to use that tool so that when the time comes that you're like, oh, I've got to figure out how to do this thing, yeah. you're not starting from scratch because you, you've invested the time. Yeah. And that can, make it, that can make or break the difference between getting a job, finish, finishing a job on time, making a client happy, making a client wowed by what you can do Mm. learning how to use your tools is critical for sure and i think that is it that voice acting has not just become standing there and delivering a script it is engineering and side coaching yourself directing yourself so many hats we wear but you know i i'm sure that it sort of sates all sorts of different parts of me that love kind of delve into the the tech side and the the excitement when you have created something that sounds groovy i don't think you can beat that in many other ways (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> and you yourself actually are available for one-to-ones. Is this right? Is this a rumor I've heard? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things I, I try and do, I don't have like stuff to sell, but I, I do uh, dedicate a few hours a week to if there are people who want to talk to me, they're like, man, could you just like, one thing that I found very valuable is, is I did this uh, with myself is like, could could you be my second set of ears? And I just give my recordings to somebody else. Because sometimes you get so close to your own work, you like, you can't tell if it sounds so good true. anymore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things I offer is a couple of things I offer. It's um, one, if you need a second set of ears, um, you can arrange to meet with me for a half an hour, send me a recording, and I'll tell you what I hear. And if there are ways that I think it could be improved, I try and demonstrate with you how we can improve it. So whether Superb. it's noise reduction or echoes or mouth clicks or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's that. And then if there's people, sometimes people just say, could you like take a look at my space and tell me if there's things that you think I could do to get a better, uh, higher quality sound so that I'm not doing all of these fixes? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Do it in half hour increments. And so if you go over to my website is called boothjunkie.com and there's a link up at the top that just says meet with mm-hmm. Mike. And that will, uh, uh, that, that'll get you Super. to me. Um, I mean, that's and, Yeah. So in, it, it shows a calendar and you can just book, book half hour increments. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm hoping that you can hear this thumbling feet now running towards the, the, the computers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, as a, as a voice actor yourself, obviously, you know, the pressures of, you know, the deadlines and the time and also the creating those wonderful character voices and all of that thing we haven't really gone into today. But I think the, the general... Lasting, I'd like advice-wise from you is just something from your own gorgeous head, just to share to to make us all the best voice actors we can be. What do you think is one of the key ingredients to to achieving that? Sure, sure. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna take it out of the, the the voice world for just a second, because 
one of the things that I have seen time and time again with voice actors, with people who are freelancing, with people who are mm -hmm. starting, if we think about what we're doing, many of us as voice actors, we're freelancers. We are the whole yeah. business. And a lot of times all we think about is, well, I've got a great mic and I've got my laptop and I've got my interface. I'm going to make recordings and I'm going to, clients are going to trust me with thousands of dollars and their mm -hmm. deadline. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of times people don't think about is what happens when it okay. breaks. Your mic breaks, the cable breaks, your hard drive <gasps> crashes <laughs> because it's gonna yeah, crash. I lost one. What do you do? I've lost a victim this year. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Not. And so part of part of what I think is absolutely critical to make your professional reputation valuable is not only your ability to act in front of the microphone, but also to be professional. One thing I never want to have to tell a client is you're going to have to wait an extra week because the hard drive in my laptop crashed. And so I got to wait for a new laptop. I got to wait to get it sent away and get it back before I can pick yeah, up my work again. Yeah. You'll never get hired by that person again. And they're going to tell three friends that, you know, Mike's a great actor, but his, he's totally unreliable. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it starts with have a good backup strategy. If you're recording, every single recording you make, every recording you make must be at least in two places. Right. Yes. <laughs> two hard drives, put it in Dropbox, put it in uh, uh, Backblaze, put it in Time Machine, make a backup of it and back that up every single yes. day, every time, every client, every project without yeah. fail. You cannot fail on that because your equipment will break, mm. especially the computer. And then if you can, when it's time to upgrade your mic, don't sell your old yeah. mic. Keep your old mic as a backup so that when you have a new mic, if your mic mm. dies, it breaks, it gets water in it, it falls over, and it what doesn't work anymore, you've got yeah. a backup. Have a backup cable. If you can afford a backup interface, I'd rather have two $150 interfaces, then one $200 interface that could crash. And if I, then I have to wait three days to get a new yes. one shipped to me. Yes, this is superb. As mm. if you're going to make this your profession, if this is going to be your job, think about any other job where they say, I got to make backups. Yeah. You got to make backups. Think about every place in the, in your chain where something can oh. fail and try and have a replacement for it so that the only thing that can fail is I'm you. starting to feel ill just thinking about it. Yeah. So the only thing that can mm. fail is your voice. To me, that's, that's the difference between being an amateur who does it as a hobby and being a pro no. who does this as a professional and won't, it would take an act of Congress to make me miss a deadline. If mm. there is something in my power to fix something that breaks, I'm going to do I'm going to move heaven and earth to try and get that thing fixed to not miss a deadline. Yes. And, you know, yeah. I, and I've heard yeah. too many horror stories of like, yeah, I got 40 hours into, or, you know, 40 hours of effort and I was almost done with the audiobook, but then it crashed, but then my hard drive crashed and I lost the whole thing. I'm like, okay, so the hard drive crashed. So what? You had your backups, right? You were taking your backups. And like, no, I wasn't taking my backups. Then you're not a pro. Yeah. Slap, slap. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're just, you're just playing around at that point. <laughs> So it's so, so, so incredibly important. It's what makes you a professional. Mm -hmm.
that that that's and so yeah it's got nothing to do with acting that could be whether you're a publisher a photographer for anything yeah. if you're if you're making assets for a client on a deadline then you have to think about what could fail that would prevent me from making yeah. that and the only thing that you want to be the single point of failure is you and your mm. health yes it's key to look after you you're right yeah if you get sick <laughs> you get sick there's nothing you can do but everything else down mm. the line everything else down the line should be fixable yes. And also a good massage now and then is also very nice. Um, <laughs> well, you know, taking yeah. care of your health, certainly, you know, yes. taking care of your voice, taking, you know, oh. massaging your voice. And I've been learning about like tongue massages and oh, tongue yes. exercises to, to, to build up stamina and all that. Yeah, that's a whole different, that's not my area of expertise, but that's a whole yes. different thing that you go down learning about like how I've been really fascinated with like my voice gets tired after speaking for uh-huh. An hour and a half, or whatever it is. How does a Broadway singer sing at Broadway levels? Well, two two shows a day, five days a week. Like, how do they do that? Mm. How can I make my voice have more stamina? There's a whole different mm. thing you can go down. Yeah, there. I mean, I know That's Nick sure. Redmond is a good place to start if you're if you want to delve into that. Mm. And I'm sure we'll have other mm-hmm. resources you can look at. And I know she's got a wonderful Facebook group, and her podcast Vo Social is also definitely worth a delve for all of that and yeah. and warm-ups. I know mm-hmm. I had a question actually from Lindsay Harris-Friel. What is your favorite tongue twister? Well, get you going in the morning on the mic, Mike. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I don't really have. I, I don't say, I, I don't have a favorite. My, the one I say most frequently is just huh? one that's just for me. And it's singularly, regularly, particularly, okay. because those are the three hardest words I have to say. When I come across those words, when I have to say particularly, yeah. It's a hard word for me to say. Whatever my get my, and I've practiced that one over and over again. Singularly, particular, even I singularly, I get it's not. I don't have good clear diction on it. That L A R, the two L's there. That's my hardest yes. one. So that's the one I I tend to warm up with that one. I warm up with no, that what? one more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, otherwise I don't. I don't. I probably should spend more time with them. I, I don't. I mostly just warm up my voice with trills and 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 making sounds through a straw and with a cork in my mouth to try and improve my yes. diction. But open my favorite tongue twister is just saying singularly, singularly, regularly, particularly. <laughs> yeah, I do my what I call my click test now, which is likely earlier. Uh, no, I've forgotten what it is now. Is a uh, lo- lovely, likely earlier, and they don't, they don't flow. But those are where the clicky bits come yeah. before my my L's. Right. right? So yeah, I just uh, if I just do that recorder often as a, a before I actually get into recording, just to see do I am I am I lubricated enough today? Right. Uh, which is right, also right. yeah, that's key. great. That's a great one, a good indicator, mm. and that tells you if you oh, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. Got to go drink some water or hydrate or steam. Yeah, it's all of that, all of the above. (laughs) Okay, so Mike, we're coming to the end of our chat now, and I think it's really key that we just finish with a quick fire three and a half minute or less quiz. Do you think you're ready for this, sir? Uh, I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay, so here's a few things that some people need to troubleshoot, and I wonder if you can give Mm. your top answer. Uh, This is your go-to for folks to perhaps research getting software or equipment or anything they need to do, but in 30 seconds or less for each answer. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Question A. I need more bass to my voice. Help. What can someone do? 30 seconds or less. You can always get closer 
to the microphone. And most of the time, there'll be some proximity effect, which can often give you some more bassiness to your voice. Get closer to it. If you have, if your microphone has a figure eight pattern, you can sometimes get even more bass proximity effect. Some people don't want proximity effect because it makes the voice sound muddy. But if you're searching for more bass, the quickest way to do it, get closer. And then you can always uh, use an EQ to try and uh, tailor that a bit more. But the easiest way to get more bass, get closer. Love it. Superb. And all in 30 seconds or less. Super. Okay, question B. My Mm. noise floor is very high and hissy. I'm not able to treat the space. So do I noise gate or are there other things I can do? Help. Yeah, yeah. A noise gate can help, can help reduce it. It's not going to eliminate the noise. You don't want to eliminate that noise completely, but you want to get it down to uh, an acceptable level. So a noise gate can help. But also there are plugins. Um, the one that comes to mind right now is the Isotope Dialog Denoise. Um, is fantastic for lowering your noise floor across the spectrum. Costs a little bit of money, but it can really Groovy, really and that's playing with harmonics and all sorts of fun, isn't it? So yes, groovy. Yeah. Super answer. Yeah. Thank you. And question C, what is the best DSR plugin? The, the one that works, there are three that comes to mind. If you use Reaper, the built-in Reaper uh, DSR works really well. If you can find the right frequency, dial in the right frequency, it will DS it for you. Um, the Isotope DSR works really well. Fab Filters Pro DS works really well. Those are both fairly expensive. Uh, and also, if you can look at a spectrogram, you can use a spectrogram to find your S sound. If you find your S sound in the spectrogram, that will help guide you towards how to set it correctly in the DSR. You're brilliantly <laughs> efficient at this. This is wonderful. Uh, question D, best practice for noise reduction, please. And which door does it best? I don't know which DAW does it best. I think probably Adobe Audition's probably got the best built-in noise reduction. Reapers called Reefer is only kind of good. The one I rely on more than anything is Isotope's Dialog Denoise. I think that's included in the Isotope Advanced Yes, suite. super. And they do actually do elements, don't they, which is available. They sometimes have sales and you can get it for like $30, which is magic. And that does a few of those things. Yeah, the Elements one, uh, just as a sidebar, I think the Dialog Denoise, the one that's optimized for voice, is in the uh, standard mm-hmm. package. And the one that's in Elements is just like a more generalized Denoise. They both work really well, but the Dialog Denoise, I find, works really great for that's voice. got two big ticks from Mike there. Super. Uh, question E, best copy holder devices. What do you read from and how do you optimize for the position so you're not straining your neck or back or eyes to read it? I use, in my booth, I use a 27-inch high-def monitor, the highest resolution I could get, um, that's up at eye level so that I'm looking straight ahead. Yep. Like right now, I'm looking straight ahead at my monitor. If I'm using hard copy, I use a, a, a big durable music stand put all the way up to chest level. I want that copy as close to my eyes as I can get it yeah. behind behind the Great. microphone. So, yeah, any movement that's making your neck look down or up or right. to the side or whatever you don't, don't yep. want because that's going to hurt after an hour or neutral, less. Good. Neutral straight-ahead position. Keep your throat nice and yes, straight. superb. And uh, final one. What would be, for question F, a step up from the 2i2 Focusrite interface? Which do you recommend so that you turn up that gain you don't get so much hiss? And what kind of budget? Uh, my step up from there would probably, if it were me from the 2i2, I would go to the Audient ID22 for probably twice the cost. But I think it's about $499. Mm-hmm. That's the one I used for years and years and years. It will upgrade and expand with you for as long as you need. If you want to go to an external preamplifier, if you want to do external monitors, a good, good headphone preamplifier, the Audient ID22 is a moneymaker. Really? I love that uh-huh. interface. Love it. Love Exciting. it. Exciting. And you can turn those preamplifiers up 100%, no Great. hiss, 
That's what we need to hear. Because I know a lot of people entry level and or people have been using this for a good couple of years. I've been thinking, "Hmm, where where do I go next? Because I think, yeah, they've got a certain level in other areas and it's the interface we just need to get. Right. So that is superb. That is the end of the quiz. And I think you've won. So well done. The prize (laughs) is being awesome, which you always are. So thank you, Mike, for giving us all this amazing expertise today. Honestly. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you Just so much. wonderful. And I know you've helped a lot of people by sharing this. So so thank you. Where where can people find your wares? Let's just give one more little click to you. And I'll put these things on the show notes. And, and Mike, if you want to send me any other links of any other things you want people to find, please do. And we'll pop those in the show notes too. Thanks. I don't have anything to sell, but if you go to boothjunkie.com, that's my, that'll get you to my YouTube channel. Search, just Google Booth Junkie. You'll find me. Uh, I have got a YouTube channel. And if you need to, if for some reason you want to speak to me and you want to book a time with me, boothjunkie.com. I'll get you everywhere you need to, anywhere you need to find me. Do it, people. Do it. You can see the man's a genius, right? So just go, go get some help from someone (laughs) who knows what they're doing. Brilliant. Well, I, I, I wish you very much happiness in your future recording fun. And uh, and again, massive thank yous for not just me, but everyone who, who enjoys you, which is loads and like thousands and thousands of thousands and thousands of thousands and thousands of thousands and thousands of people. So, so yeah, keep doing what you do. It is appreciated. And I appreciate it. it's very tough, especially right now, to be giving so much. So I hope you're getting a bit back to... Uh, <laughs> and yeah, happy recording. Well, thank you all so much. Now, go out there and record something amazing you just end it so beautiful (laughs) have fun people okay bye-bye mike (laughs) bye-bye